Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the last episode of the Earth Sea Love podcast for season two. Thanks for sticking with us. So pleased to have you here today, as well as I'm pleased with myself, man. You know, I put it out there two episodes per week for the next three weeks to get us to the end of July and done it actually done it and I'm so pleased because doing this podcast carries with it a lot of pleasure a lot of joy but then also a lot of um pressure we have these stimulating inspiring critical conversations together and then there is the obligation to get it out to get the episode out to get the conversation out as quickly as possible so you can have this information this communication these stories ASAP um, because they're they're really too good to be sitting on but then that has to be also balanced with practice of slow, of doing things all in good time. And, you know, it's just that there's the battle here because it's not being lazy and it's not just not caring. It's actually caring even more about myself, my mental health. And we know that is within... Um, the mainstream at the moment with what's been going on in the Olympics but I'm I'm not I'm not going to go into that if I'm thinking about my mental health making sure that the podcast delivers and doesn't let anyone down does weigh heavy on that but at the same time as my energy levels my commitment to my family they also weigh heavily on on my conscience, on my physical and mental well-being. Um, so, as I said, I'm so pleased that we have hit the target of winding up the f- second season of the SC Love podcast at the end of July. So August can be some off time, some consolidations, some reflection. And also, remember I did say, we are bringing out the Earthsea Love zine. And if you haven't already reached out to me, reach out, share your email. We are starting up an an official or proper mailing list during the summer at some point. But in the meantime, you can always DM Earthsea Love on Instagram and get on the list when we will be bringing these out in September. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, 
Sheree Mack. The Earthsea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. Um, is with the lovely Pammy Johal from Backbone CIC based up in the Northwest Highlands and Backbone is an organization that's been around for a number of years providing opportunities adventures out within the countryside for diverse groups and people and it was lovely to talk to Pammy, gaining wisdom, her expertise in and experience within the outdoors field. And then also to, um, as you'll hear on the podcast, I was invited along to a symposium, which was a meeting of those diverse groups and people who enjoy and experience the outside countryside and nature with those that work within the sector, those organisations um, which are predominantly white-based. And it was a coming together, the symposium, which happened in June, June the 19th, was a coming together of these different groups to have these conversations. And as you hear in the podcast, Pammy says, you know, we've got research, we've got research fatigue, yeah, because there's so much research out there for the last 20 years plus around diversity in the countryside now we're thinking not so much the issue around barriers but more case of like we're there we're doing it but it's not being amplified so having this symposium was a chance to share these experiences share these initiatives and and maybe to break through why there's that gap between the research and these are the issues and then joining it up to actually do something to have some action and you'll hear that Pammy's really passionate about doing things and making things happen and I think that's why Backbone has been such a success you know it has been based in Scotland but it sounds as if it's expanding to be a national 
organization so yeah i did go to this symposium and it was you know it was good in the sense of meeting new people meeting new women of color who i hope to have on this um podcast for season three i'm waiting to see now how those conversations are going to develop into action as i'm saying you know there is there is that sense of urgency because we are in a climate crisis but at the same time i am i am appreciating going at a slower pace and bringing about change at that slower pace because i do believe changes over time which are slow and steady uh, have more of a chance maybe to bed in and not be a knee-jerk reaction or a ticky box scoring point sort of action i do think there's um credit and value to be had in those those conversations which take into account the process and how we get from a to b and how we can enjoy and bring pleasure to that journey at the same time as changing lives and changing perspectives and changing the narrative the symposium was good and i'm looking forward to translating transforming those conversations and connections into action collaboration abundance of opportunities on the horizon and on that note i'm going to leave you with the episode i'm going to wish you a happy august and i'm signing off thank you so much for being with us for season two and i look forward to bringing season three in the autumn take care thanks for being here Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Philip, yeah, Lock Lucat. Lock Lucat. That must really feed the soul waking up with that view. Mm, mm. and that is the bedroom that's the bedroom right there with the bell you know honestly i'm not i'm not complaining except that it is getting quite busy this time of year at the the moment yeah yeah yeah. how are you where are you based i'm based on the northeast coast of england so yeah yeah close to the northumberland county about an hour and a half from the border i would say yeah, I'm a sea person, but I love I love yeah. Lockens as well. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Any I've done quite a bit of cycling around in Northumberland, both on the Have mountain you? bike and the road bike. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Northumberland's a lovely, lovely place. It mm. is. I'm just starting to explore it now because it's always uh-huh. been what I've driven through to get to Scotland. Because oh, Scotland right, has right, yeah, nice. What made you move? My mum was born in the northeast mm-hmm. by two mixed race parents. Um, but when she got with my dad, who was from Trinidad and Tobago, they moved down to Bradford. So I am yeah. a Yorkshire lass. I was born. I know you can hear it in your in your accent. <laughs> yeah. But Definitely. then once my dad died, my mum moved back up to the northeast to be near her parents to bring yeah. us up because I was nine, my sister was eleven, so yeah. she needed support. And then I went I went away to London to do my degree and do some teaching. But then once I had kids, I came back to the northeast. And it's only now, I'm nearing 50, but it's only now that I class it as maybe home. Wow. Rather than than just my base. Yeah. And I do think 
what has helped me to I mean I've always been searching for home but I think deepening my relationship with nature has helped me realize my home is my body my home is wherever I go but having that connection with nature especially on my doorstep has made me appreciate my home the external home more and feel more um, because yeah. nature welcomes you she does not judge she accepts me in all my glory and flaws that's what we do with backbone that's yeah. the reason that we take folks in the outdoors because it is such a neutral ground it is you know there is no yeah it doesn't judgmental it's not judgmental not at it. all and oh, you yeah. can drop all those masks or identities mm-hmm. that you are forced to carry through society and yeah. you can just be totally bare and raw and mm. yourself and because I love to wild swim because that's why I'm yeah. in the water I love to wild but within that setting I am totally myself but then also not of myself do you know what I mean it's that I, do. I was swimming yesterday I, I'm a mountain biker and this he I swim pretty much every day either in this lock or another lock so I get that but not just swimming it's just basically being in the outdoors you know climbing whether I'm climbing mountains whether I'm on my bicycle or whether I'm walking or doing exactly what I'm doing now which is looking out there and with my feet up talking to somebody that about things that matter you know what better place to do it than out here than outside than outside and that is something that I've noticed more and more that you can have those meaningful real genuine conversations outside more than you can inside or there is something that you it opens you up it definitely opens you up and that happens through the body and through the senses which we are cut off more from in our day-to-day or in you know if we're working that sort of thing anyhow we weren't talking well we are talking we weren't talking about me welcome pammy i'm not even sure if i've said your name it's pammy everyone pammy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lovely lovely you said you're 50 I just turned 60 in March no yeah obviously uh, outdoors and what you're doing <laughs> in your day agrees with you because you do not you do Thank not you. look like you are a 60 year old right the usual 60 year old woman. <laughs> if we're thinking if we're thinking about society you should be out to pasture now you should be you know <laughs> hiding away you're beginning to sound like my mother and i'm saying society i, know what you mean. Yeah, I yeah, don't exactly. believe that i yeah. think the more we age or the more that we mature we should be visible more visible i think because yeah. we're still contributing we're still valuable we're because st- you know it is it is put out there you have to be young white and male you're the base anything other than that then your worth and value goes down so be to be older black women I love that we've been talking about your surroundings just tell us a little bit more of your surroundings you live near a lock is this near Glasgow am I wrong oh no not at all not at all oh Oh, well tell me where do you live so we can situate you and what can you see around you in relation to nature yeah, well, I live in the Northwest Highlands and it's uh, about a 30 minute drive northwest of Inverness. And I'm at the foot of these beautiful mountains that are called the Fanix. And right in front of me is Loch Lucat, L O C H L U I C H A R T, which is a wonderful loch. And on that loch, there is um, 
not far is we have a resident osprey that comes every year has its chicks so we look out for it in april and then look out for the chicks about now they've just kind of appeared and you can see their little two little heads popping up on the pylon and at the back of the house i have woodlands and uh fantastic um, wildlife birds you know we have woodpeckers all the different chaffinches the goldfinches woodpeckers the red squirrel comes along to visit and even a pine marten comes out the back here so we're just surrounded by wonderful you know the eagles and the different uh birds of prey so um the bees you know right now it's spring and summer and as you just saw earlier on the massive bumblebees you know they're saying there's a shortage of them but they're not a shortage of them over here let me tell you so <laughs> that's what we're seeing we're seeing mountains and we're seeing locks and we're in the mm-hmm. northwest islands oh my gosh i love that i love that part of scotland a few well a few years ago now i went near Canic, which is yeah up there because yeah, yeah. i i love the area was it not Glen Africa? Glen Africa? yes it was it was because i wanted to see that's those... far for me that's about two valleys over because so... i wanted to see those old ancient caledonian right. trees right. you know right. <laughs> and you, the time to see them is autumn yeah they're absolutely stunning autumn and then along with the winter so the first snows and oh. autumn is a wonderful time to see those mountains well, thank you for that, because I was thinking as long as the borders stay open, then for my 50th birthday, I want to go up there and just be by myself. Enjoy my own solitude. <laughs> so that's good to know, Autumn, because autumn's my time of year. I'm an autumn. I'm an autumn, baby. Yeah, yeah. October, I am. So yeah. that sounds beautiful. So lovely. And as I say, I love that neck of the woods. That's your backyard, in a sense. Exactly. Um, it is my front yard <laughs> uh, but you haven't always lived up there have you uh, no I have been here 17 years and prior to that I was in the Lake District uh-huh. and I have a little cottage in a little wee village between the Yorkshire Dales and the Lake District a little village called Home again it's the mountains and wild open spaces but mm-hmm. that just got too busy I decided that it's uh, and I used to come here all the time in the northwest here north of Ullapool in the Koigak range, Corridon, and I just decided that it's time to move up here and I just up sticks 17 years ago. Prior to that, I was uh, living in wild places in America, Gosh. North Carolina in the Linville Gorge and working in Costa Rica climbing mountains and Mexico. And this, Is this wild, wild outdoor nature um, part of your blood? Is this? Yes, yes. It is. Yes. It is. Yeah, absolutely. You need to, on my website, you'll see the founder's message. And it tells you that at the age of 16, I was introduced to the mountains. Actually, we grew up with, not mountains, but outside the outdoors with my dad. My dad used to take us out in camping all the time in this little van, the whole family. And so the outdoors was instilled us. But the first time I saw the mountains, because I'm definitely a mountain person, mm. uh, was when I was 16. And I have lived in the mountains ever since. So what is it about the mountains? Oh, I don't know. Space, perspective, uh, spirituality. Like you said, a sense of belonging. Something bigger than you. Much, much bigger than me, actually. Yeah. Yeah, my relationship with hills, mountains, wild spaces, I would call them, is much bigger than me. You know, it's something that, um, it's a calling, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every aspect of my life, my work, everything is all to do with the great outdoors. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So, you know, you're saying that you went up to the Highlands 
um, about 17 years ago. Has this been how long Backbone has been in existence? Oh, no. Oh, no. Backbone's been going on since uh, 1995. I've been an outdoor practitioner all mm. my entire adult life since I was introduced to the mountains at the age of 16. And then when I did a degree in outdoor uh, recreation and postgrad in youth and community work, mm. and that was in my, you know, in my 20s and then I left Britain and went to America and worked with all kinds of outdoor organizations but it's been it's been in my blood and backbone has been in my I realized in 95 I basically went to America as soon as I left college and didn't come back for eight years mm -hmm. uh, actually I didn't come back for 12 years really or everything but I came back because I realized there wasn't anybody that looked like me doing what I'm doing and that's what made me set up backbone Oh, you mean there was nobody in the UK looking like you doing what you're doing? So that's yeah. what. Even, well, even in America, if I'm honest, ah. the organisations I was working with, they had very few people of what they call people of colour. I don't know what we're going to be labelled next, but let's wait for it. <laughs> well, I, I say label ourselves. I've been yes, exactly black and people of colour, and I also love people of the global majority because that's exactly. rewriting how we're constantly told what we're a minority yeah. but yeah. we're not really on the global scale you know yeah, yeah exactly exactly so, I'm thinking about backbone a community interest company I it wouldn't be about five five years ago more now because I was looking for organizations that were doing doing things outdoors introducing black and brown people to the outdoors, diversity in the outdoors. Backbone was one organization that came up and I was going, yes, yes, yes. But you know, yeah. I'm in the Northeast and it was to go for funding on our back backyard and a way for us to appreciate Northumberland more. So I was so pleased to find Backbone. So I know about Backbone, but our listeners do not. So please talk about Backbone because you've got that byline celebrating diversity through adventure. Yes, yes, so perfect. What, so what does it mean? Backbone? Yeah, well, what, it, what, what it means? Well, in, in, in a nutshell, adventure for some people is uh, leaving their home and a walk in the park, having the confidence to leave their home and a walk in a park. And for some, of us, for some others, it's about climbing a Himalayan peak or a big bike ride or a big canoe adventure or a ski adventure. And I am one of the, the far end. I, I do those things. Mm. But for us, it's about allowing people access, opportunities to access nature in all its guises benefit from everything that it has to offer and you know there's a plethora of benefits people think yes it's great for meeting other people for mental health for health issues but and there's more do you know that what we found is that if we offer what Blackburn does it offers a wow factor as you know we all I, I truly believe that everybody that's gone for their first visit to nature would have gone oh some level of, oh, this is amazing. And what we want to do is offer that to everybody because once you have it, it doesn't leave you. And you'll want to introduce other people to it. And then you'll want to learn about it. And then you'll understand it. And you were talking about the global community. And then we become part of that global community that wants to protect it and take care of it. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. And how we do that is we train local ambassadors, community ambassadors. So we take people from our 
ethnically diverse communities from across Scotland at the moment. Uh, actually used to be in the UK as well. And we uh, train them up in uh, skills, qualifications, uh, how to facilitate, how to develop robust and safe organisations so they can start taking groups out for themselves. You know, who better than, they, than leaders from their own communities building, developing sustainable initiatives? So we've had biking clubs, we've had walking clubs, we've had gardens, we've had vegetable plots, we've had mother-toddler groups, we've had um, the elderly group. You know, we've had so many groups being formed as a result of the work that we've been doing. So that's one one bit. So I've talked about the biking and the leadership because both are about leadership stuff that they can take back in the community. We also do simple things like what we call nature days. So we just say, right, if you haven't been to nature, come on, we're gonna take you. So we provide a bus, we take folks out and their first visit, they have that wow moment and they want more. So we grab a few of those folks and we train them so they can take their own groups out. And uh, we do residential, so they can have overnight experiences. And we also do these fantastic events called Outdoor Festival for All. And what the Outdoor Festival for All does, brings our leadership alumni and uh, local, um, what I call sector organisations, outdoor organisations, environmental organisations, together. And together we deliver a fantastic uh, day out. So it has climbing walls, we have bikes, we have face painting, we have environmental walks, we have foraging, we have all kinds of stuff going on in a remote place in the highlands and we have we've had 300 you know three four hundred people to 150 people coming to these events and they've been brilliant so we're kind of a live wire and you're right not many people have heard of us down south because most of our work has been up north however we did originate down south we did most of our work it got named backbone and I know Sarah Bacumne would not mind me saying this, but she wrote a beautiful poem from one of our creative workshops that we did in Grisdale Forest with the, um, <clears throat> the sculptures. And I said, go find a sculpture that, that speaks to you. And she found a beautiful backbone. Uh, I think it was a whale backbone mm-hmm. sculpture. And she said, well, that's the, the backbone of our communities is the women. And she wrote a beautiful poem. And I said, well, can we use that? to name Backbone and she said yes. I love that inception there, that that collaboration and coming out of community, which I feel is so strong with Backbone and so needed and how you're meeting the community and individuals where they are at, you know? Yes, yes. Any assumption, you know, you are inclusive in in providing that variety of different opportunities to engage with nature, with the outdoors, how they're comfortable doing it, and however they're accessing it from where they're at now. And I think yeah. that makes the difference and that's how it's successful, basically. You're, you're absolutely right. You've hit two things. One is we, we definitely meet people where they are at. You know, just right now we're working with some uh, Syrian refugees and we've trained training them in outdoor first aid they've got their outdoor first aid and we've actually um got a couple of volunteers that are leading walks for us mm-hmm. you know and it's fantastic so they have picked up the skills where they are at yeah. you know and we know that we're pitching it at a level that is suitable for that group the other collaboration that's really important you know our par- main partners here in scotland are the two national parks cairngorms national park authority 
not Loman and Trotswick National Park Authority and Nature Scots. Those three have been by our side the whole time that we've been in Scotland since 2005. And uh, it's a real joint effort with regards to we don't do things on our own. So not only are the communities part of our uh, partners and you know I don't like the word formal partner because it's a relationship we've got fantastic relationships based on our core values mm. with community groups and all the environmental and outdoor organizations that we work with we insist that we can see hear and feel genuine intention and integrity mutual trust and respect yeah. and everything we do is for the direct benefit of communities we eat sleep drink that that's how we operate on every level. So you could be a CEO of an organization and we have said no to organizations. Uh, we don't want to work with you because you don't get it. And yeah. we're, where we've been used for tokenistic stuff and tick boxing or to, to, to get funds and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've uh, challenged them on it and we've walked, not walked away from them, but we said right now, you don't get it. But we, we will continue our dialogue. But once you get it, we will work with you. And some have walked away from us completely, but I think they'll come back. And some are still working with us. And the beauty of the, the particularly the two national parks and Nature Scott is that we have developed over 15 years, 14, 15 years, this wonderful relationship that we have, that we share the risk, we share those dialogue. And, and it's really, really important. Yeah, and you know, yeah. right now we're doing the symposium, which is bringing people together from from the uh, ethnically diverse uh, communities and the sector. And you know, it's happening on the nineteenth of June, and I hope you can make it. I was going to talk to you about that in a while. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's bringing folks together because we need to know that those opportunities that the sector is offering offering is accessible to everybody. Because currently, the conversation is what are the barriers to ethnic minorities, diverse communities engaging with the outdoors. And actually there are no barriers because people from our communities, from ethnically diverse communities are accessing the great outdoors, but they're choosing not to access sector services. A nail on the head. So what we're doing, what they've said to me is, is the lack of opportunity. They don't know knowledge of it, don't know how to access it. And there is, so we are working as a collective, this in through the symposium, mm. to say, let's sort this out through action. I'm, I don't want dialogue anymore. I don't want conversation. We're, we're talking about action. Everything we've been doing is about action. So we don't talk much. We do. Oh my gosh, that's music to my ears. We have talked on this podcast about barriers. For 40 years. But I love that it's, it's much more nuanced than that. And it's not, a, we are accessing it. We have been accessing for generations. And it is, it's not engaging with that sector where that predominant image that is put out is that you're white, you're able-bodied, you're cis, you know, it's a case of like, that's the norm. That's very, that's been very off-putting, but it is, it's those opportunities. And when you're saying, action oh my gosh I love that um I was part of this research into diversity and we sat down with the secretary of state recently and and he was he came in listening mode he came in listening mode yeah hi yes yes <laughs> yeah I started with the first question and I ended with the first question it was when are we meeting again because nothing can be done with just a 45 meeting 
Yeah. And especially if I'm only talking for five minutes and you're listening and it is, it was a case of like, this is what we're doing. We're not asking you to do the work for us because we're already doing it. What we want are those more resources and support to continue doing this good work, to provide opportunities, our community. Um, Of course, he never mentioned race or racism because that isn't, that isn't an issue that doesn't happen you know in the great outdoors so I but that's a question but that is a question we pose you know we have been on if you go onto our web you yeah. will see um stv news and uh, a recent tv and radio mm-hmm. uh coverage and we'll be on bbc landwood shortly and we are basically questioning is the is, is the uh, sector institutionally racist yeah. you know and i call that as a some is blatant discrimination and for some it's a blind spot that needs folks can see that it's happening and they are part of a system so you know and I call that gatekeepers of opportunities those hold the key to opportunities hence the symposium is going to change that completely tell us about this symposium um because I was thinking it was the end of the year but you've just mentioned June this month yeah well I want you there on June the 19th this is it's 12 o'clock till four o'clock got uh, over 50 from both sides from both um diverse communities and from the sector mm-hmm. and it's all about well what are we going to do about it action i want to see what are you going to do about it. i don't want to see any e- edi policies and procedures yeah. and i'm going to be honest i'm also going to look at our community the ethnic di- uh, diverse communities because we have stuff that we need to deal with mm-hmm. you know there's been opportunities laid on the table and we take some, some folks take those opportunities for free and then don't turn up. Mm. Some, you know, we have to do a lot of chasing. And also there's a lot of parent-child and dependency uh, behaviours that we have to break. So I, it, is, it is a two-way thing. Yeah. And I think that, and I'm, and I'm so, this is what this symposium is all about is, come on, let's all of us address our stuff and let's get on with it. I love what you just said, that parent-child mentality. Um, Mm. I was calling it deferential behaviour. The idea of like, you know, we had this meeting and there was some that in the group were saying, well, we should be really grateful that we've been invited to the table. And we should should play nice, otherwise we won't be invited again. (laughs) I went off it. So you're saying questioning is being ineffective or we've got to be asking these questions. We've got to be, be critical. Wanting something for free as well. So we got used to, you know, handouts and, and I just think actually, no, we need to stop that. And, uh, you know, the other one is that there's a lot, there's some patterns on both the sector side and for ethnically diverse communities. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're bringing together in the symposium, highlighting. You've done some research that is yeah. underpinning this symposium yeah so yeah. can you yeah. talk about the research who you've been talking to what's this research i've been hearing a lot about research and i want to oh, know yeah. where's the next well, well you know you know when you talk about research i don't give a toss about research yeah. because what i call i call it repetitive research syndrome so <laughs> i wouldn't call ours research per se because there's plenty out there and mm-hmm. i'm doing it because it's to it's to highlight a point in 40 years, I have seen so much resources being wasted on evidence-based research, but that is another excuse, as I call it, an excuse for inactivity, and that's what we're doing. So come to the symposium on the 19th, and you will hear all. Where is this happening? It's on a webinar, because it can't happen physically, because oh. Scotland is still 
we can't have um we've got uh, over 100 people coming to the webinar please come and that would be fantastic i haven't seen it advertised no 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 because it's um basically it was by invitation in scotland but it's grown arms and legs and people are hearing about it so we've just we're letting it grow organically Mm -hmm. uh so it would be lovely to have you there and i will send you an invite and tell you what about i would appreciate that i would love to come along because you know this is but you'll have lots to contribute thank you and that's what it is it's about valuing everybody's contribution this is not about listening to speakers it's about contributing and uh, that everybody's contribution matters it it does going back to that idea of where's your professional research rather than actually listening to people's lived experience and their contributing their story and their experience and their work no 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 yeah that's all well and good but where's the professional re- where's the as you say it's an excuse it's an excuse so thank you visually you need to visually somebody asked me this on on social media and i said well actually you want the evidence i said go walk into 10 conservation environmental outdoor organizations and visually you can see the stats for yourself because there is visually a lack of diversity within these organizations boom full stop yeah and that's what we're trying to do here because there's a lot of community gardens nature reserves which are which are maintained you know um protected okay Mm -hmm. to protect the wildlife and the fauna and flora but at the same time it's also an exclusive club what we've been trying to do is stay local and get to know our local reserves or patches of land and be part of be at the decision making table on how these are being managed and how they're being accessed by open access to others so that's what we've been trying to do locally Mm -hmm. get into these community gardens where it is they are white they are totally yeah well do come come to the symposium clear the 19th of june and do come because i think that will be really it'll be great for you as an organization or as an individual Mm. to um just that whole i think it'll create wonderful opportunities for everybody at that table okay all right thank you thank you for that you talked about 16 mountains but before that your father would take you camping um as a family so what is your family background and heritage yeah i'm indian sikh from sikh background my parents came here in the 50s i grew up in britain in Coventry, actually, till I was uh, seven. Yeah, dad has always, dad especially, has always had a love for the outdoors and has always taken us out and about, you know, and every weekend we'd go camping and stuff. And, you know, and again, you'll hear these stories on our website. You'll hear all of those, there's loads of personal stories there. But he used to take us out every weekend, you know, five kids and mum and dad and knock on farmers' doors and say, can we come and camp in your field? And they'd say, yeah, of course you can. And they'd get a bonfire going and away we go. <laughs> Well, I do think stories powerful. Our stories are powerful and we need to be telling them now. And I was just yes. looking, there was something in The Guardian yesterday. Mark Rylance, who's an actor or something, and there's a new programme coming on TV. And his argument was that we should be forgetting about these big organisations and what they're doing for climate crisis. And we should be focusing on the individual and people, because what's missing is that love of nature. If we had more people 
loving nature, then we would have more people in the fight to be working to protect them. But you know, that's what we're about. You know, that's what I know. we do. No, no, that's, that's it. it. I'm that's about, yeah and that's what we've been doing but I'm just thinking now 2021 and it's a sir and he's a white guy and he's coming out and doing a program about the love of nature and he's yeah. getting getting oh this is, this is like good ideas like what it's like we've known we this. have been doing this forever yes yeah. yes and it yes. comes back to that climate justice idea of like you know the people that have been suffering and for decades because of climate crisis and what's been which has been brought upon them by the west and our 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 habits from generations are the ones that have been saying you know we need to foster that closer relationship with nature to actually realize that we're connected and i know myself if I haven't developed that love for nature, I wouldn't have developed a, a love for myself because we are connected. We're so yeah. connected. And I know through my relationship with nature, I'm a much better person to other people, you know? It's that knock-on effect, that circular motion, that continued relationship with nature that makes me a better person. That means I'm a better person to people to others. So I, you know, my final question before I let you go is this your love of nature. We're saying it's from childhood. You fell in love with the mountains. This is the work that you've been doing your whole life. And I just want to know how has it benefited your life? You know? Oh my God. Yeah, that's not that's that's not the right thing. It's actually my absolute everyday being. Mm. That's what that's what it is. My everyday being. Uh, my family and friends. I live here in the middle of nowhere. There's no shops. My nearest shop is 18 miles away. I live here because of my connection with nature. And um, my family and my friends will know that if I haven't had that fix, I am just another person, and I can't live with myself. So it's absolutely integral to every aspect of my life. Yeah. And that reciprocal relationship. And I think sometimes that might be missing in the outdoorsy culture, in the sense I go out there, the outdoorsy to escape or to enjoy a, a ride on the water or a swim. And it's a case of that's fine. But what are you doing? Or what are we doing to support nature and the environments to continue yeah Yeah. and that's to do with I think that's but the first part of that it's okay to enjoy nature just for nature's sake absolutely okay because that's the first part of this the journey Mm -hmm. because the more you do that the more you'll understand it so that's our premise is that you know we can't expect folks to just completely understand it straight away that you want to be in it and you'll love it and you'll do more in it and then you'll start going noticing things differently and so it's a part of a journey, a behavioral journey. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, I like to just say thank you for your time, Pammy. Is Lovely. there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't touched upon that you've got this burning urge to share with our listeners? Well, yes. Anybody that wants to make a difference in the outdoor sector, as in want to work, want to volunteer, want to sit on the board level, want to make a difference with policies, contact us because we can help you, put you in touch with everybody and make that happen a reality. Contact who? What's your website address? 
www.backbone.uk.net and my email is pammy, P-A-M-M-Y, at backbone.uk.net. And feel free to call me, 07825-604-003. And I'm expecting the, re- the phone and the emails and things to go ping, ping, ping. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Everything, will, what you just said, will be in the show notes. But I just love that about you, Pammy, because you're open, transparent. You've established community-based organisation which isn't trying to keep what you've created or what you offer to a small group of people. You know, that scarcity culture idea, like we've got ours, we're all right. But no, it's that that sense of abundance and love that you're overflowing with. And I so appreciate that. I so appreciate that. I just wish there was more like you, (laughs) Barry. Well, bottom line is I can't wait to physically meet everybody, you know, meeting some lovely people and you're you're one of them. You know, I've been, I've been really feel really privileged about that. So I'm really looking forward to the the work ahead and having you on board. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your time. I just find you an inspiration because it was finding backbone that was thinking, well, it can be done. It can be done because, you know, you look around and when you can see that there's other people doing it, you feel less alone, you know. Um, And I'm so pleased that we are connected and I'm so pleased that there's this symposium happening. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye.